0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Colum Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean
1: Siegel. The wait is over. The NFL season is here and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Rotoviz NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools
0: and everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRadio2021 at checkout. Or go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. A
2: tackle, out, of speed. look at this freshman. welcome to the home of professional football Canton Ohio hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan I am your host Stéphane Leco joined by the wonderful Travis May you can find him over on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. I, of course, am fun Laco If you're joining us for the first time, College to Can't is a show about the journey of the best football players and prospects from being a college football recruit all the way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, of course, we always talk some fantasy football since this is a rotoviz radio podcast. But we do make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis, too. And today, we are going to jump into some of the Players that are just producing at insane levels in college this year. Players that you can be looking at for next year. Well, at least many of them. Some of them might come back. But before we jump into that, Travis, how are you doing? We were just talking about uh, about Halo. Uh, you've got some plans coming up later tonight. Uh, yeah, let's do it.
1: Yeah, man. Like uh, you're just talking about me drinking like an energy drink uh, before the show. Like we're, we're recording pretty late, but I have no plans to go to bed anytime soon because the the Halo multiplayer just dropped, and I've not gotten to play it like at all. And that is my game. Like that, I, I you know I grew up playing. You know, 20 years ago, like the night it came out, I beat the game. With my buddy Matt, shout out to him. He's he's still playing video games for a living, by the way. Oh uh, yeah. He, he uh he does the NBA 2K Labs. Like that that was his creation with a oh, wow. couple, couple of buddies. They like Anyway, that that's a, that's tangent. But anyway, I'm going to yes, video games. Halo. Love yes. it. Age of Empires 4 just came out by the way, and I'm just a, I would say so yes, I'm just a super nerd like like real-time strategy games like everything. So, if if any listeners want to play me or beat me rather at Age of Empires <laughs> 4 or Halo Infinite, uh, just hit me up on Twitter at ff underscore Travis Anable. We'll, we'll connect for sure. Uh, and Stay Fun if you want to beat him too, because he's apparently old and bad at games and gets, he gets beat by his twelve year old now. Yeah, uh, you, you yeah. can find him <laughs> at Stay Fun Maco. Yeah, it's L A K O. So yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. You know, I uh, I was just saying I had to stop playing first person shooters because like when your twelve year old uh, starts kicking your ass, like all of a sudden <laughs> it's time it's time to adjust. Yeah. Like Tumbling. I uh, I Tumbling. had to pivot. Yeah, so I I still I still stick with I play a lot of FIFA right now. Um, Speaking of um, the the Netherlands just qualified for the World Cup, so apparently I'm going to be in in Qatar um, and in the winter of 2022. (laughs) So I'm going to be in uh, I'm going to be in the middle of not in the middle of nowhere. That's super offensive. Anyway, let's move on before I put my my mouth. real quick though, real quick for the
1: for our listeners who, who who have just joined us here recently. Why in the world are you a Netherlands fan again? Because uh, you you were like a famous football player, right over there? So is that, is yeah, that correct?
2: But that's it. I did play for the <laughs> the national under twenty one uh, football team, not soccer. I'm not. I'm terrible at soccer. American football team. American for football, the Netherlands. I, for the Netherlands, I was on the under twenty one team. We got our asses handed to us against Germany. One when, when one. Oh, it was. Now you're not supposed was, to say that part.
1: You just mm, leave it like.
2: No, I was mm, on. The, I was
1: on the national football team.
2: Man, Germany, right took there. It. <laughs> Germany took it to us. It was terrible. I was very emotional that day. <laughs> hey, we just, so it's Thursday night. As you said, it's late. Uh, we just got done watching. Well, I fell asleep watching the NFL because uh, I, because I uh, switched over. Um, but Thursday we night football games. <laughs> right. But before that, you and I both got to enjoy a epic performance by one Malik Cunningham, a uh, quarterback for Louisville. And uh, the 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 man just. Demo- I mean, Duke's not great. Obviously, they're real bad. But he had over two hundred yards rushing. He had was he six seven touchdowns that he totally Yeah, seven seven total touchdowns. Over three hundred believe- yards
1: passing. Over two hundred yards rushing. Yeah, and, and at this point, Duke has quit pretty much. <laughs> like, sure, the season's over for them. Like, it, it, it's not getting much worse uh, than it. Uh, and has gotten, but even so, like this is not a new thing for Malik Cunningham. Like he's been a college football DFS darling, <laughs> and uh, and really just an incredibly efficient passer outside of just really probably four career games ever. Like he's just been a fantastic passer, and he just coasts to uh, ridiculous rushing totals just about every single week. Like he's had to put the team on his back this year, even more so than usual. You know, losing. A couple different players, uh, in Javion Hawkins and Tutu Atwell to the NFL. Right. Like it's, wow, crap. <laughs> you you can get rid of that, right? <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. Yeah, Malik Cunningham is it, it, is a name. I'm excited. I just and I'm not sure he's like he's gonna get like crazy early draft capital or anything. But he would be if he doesn't actually get day two capital. Like he would be the first. Uh, player, first quarterback in the last decade to miss day two capital with two seasons of 90th percentile pass efficiency and at least 15 percent rushing yard market share uh, for his career. Like that would be the first time we ever see a player to meet those thresholds at at, at the power five level and not get capital. So I think some teams are going to give him a chance, whether it's this spring or next when he when he chooses to come out because he has more eligibility remaining. Uh, He's going to get a look just because he's so, so electric.
2: Yeah, so he's 6'1", about 200 pounds. Do you think that's part of the problem? Is just he's a little bit slighter of frame for for a quarterback? Do you think it's the system? Like, why why is it that you think that the capital might not be there for this guy? Because, like you said, he has been producing just at an insane levels uh, for quite a while now. Like, I mean, his passing numbers aren't, um, like, astronomical. Like, he's never had a 3,000-yard passing season or anything like that. But when you add his rushing yards, he gets over those numbers easily. Yeah, I think it is a little bit of the stature
1: uh, thing. And it's not like he has a 70 yard cannon either. Like he's got a great arm. Uh, He's got a great college arm, but he doesn't have a great NFL arm. And so if he doesn't have the crazy traits, like even Lamar at at the same school, um, he had more traits going for him. He was a little bit faster. He was a little bit taller. He was a little bit stronger. Um, You know, he had a lot of that going and. And. He did, you know, he almost, you know, he had the Heisman type production, uh, whereas Malik Cunningham's not quite there. Uh, So he's somewhere in between, you know, just talking, staying at Louisville quarterbacks. He's uh, he's somewhere in between a Teddy Bridgewater and a uh, Lamar Jackson for me in terms of overall pro projections, even though I know Bridgewater actually did get the capital. Like, I just think Mm -hmm. the electricity that he brings uh, could, could allow him to stick to a roster somewhere. I think we mentioned him just briefly before. Uh, but what he's doing and what he's already done, uh, it's going to be hard to pass up for for an NFL team.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would I would want him on my roster just to see what happens. I mean, oh, you absolutely. just watch him. You watch him play, and he's a he's a he's, a, he's a, just a difference maker. He he mm-hmm. has he just has that it factor that is really hard to quantify. And i I think that he has. I think he has a future in the NFL. I mean, you look at like what I can't even remember the dude that the the Lions are rolling out there, Boyle, tim boyle yeah, yeah come on now like really give me malik cunningham please yeah i'd, <laughs> um, I'd probably so take I... 20 quarterbacks in college right now over that so <laughs> right but yeah no, I, I i was really impressed uh louisville is has been a team that i've made quite a bit of money on this year uh just just betting um betting them uh, a lot of overs and a lot of covers and it's been <laughs> yeah. fun uh, so louisville yeah. louisville can do no wrong in my book they've been super fun Um, Another guy that uh, I just kind of wanted to talk about off the top here with you um, is, is one of your boys that, uh, I mean, they had a rough outing um, this last (laughs) week, um, which, you know, maybe we can talk about that for a while. Texas is not (laughs) bad, guys, by the way, (laughs) in case
1: you were, you were curious.
2: Or maybe they are. Maybe this is what it means this for just Texas who they are. to be back. They just <laughs> they win a couple of fun games, you build some hype, but then they lose to Kansas as a as a twenty point favorite. Um, Xavier Worthy though um, can what's what's the ceiling for him? No, no, let's not talk about the ceiling. Realistic expectation for him. Where are you right now? Because he has had just. Is there another freshman wide receiver that has been more impressive to you this year?
1: No, there there hasn't been another true freshman wide receiver in the last several years, uh, except for maybe Rondale Moore's absurd performance—you know, at twelve hundred yards and over two thousand all-purpose yards, uh, thanks to his return game. Uh, but Xavier Worthy—it's just like there's nobody else even in the same stratosphere as him from a production standpoint. Like it's just not even a conversation. There's nothing that you could say to even hint that anyone has been more impressive as a true freshman wide receiver. Like there are are a few guys who have kind of stepped up and made some splash plays here and there. Like I I like Mario Williams for Oklahoma, Uh, like even for Georgia Adonai Mitchell has made some plays. Like there are some players uh, at the wide receiver position that have actually stood out, but nowhere near the level of Xavier worthy, like having multiple games where he has three or more touchdowns. Like that's just even in the loss against Kansas, he had 14 catches for 152. And three scores, like yeah, it's just it's fancy. I mean, you just love to see it. Like you, it's one of those guys. Like, I, and I, I'm a little biased because I have three college to Canton League shares, and uh, and I also have one Debbie League where I, I have him on my team as well. And so, you know, I, I'm really <laughs> invested in him succeeding in, in, from a fantasy football standpoint already.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's
1: already kind of car- carried me in, in in the flex at least. Yeah, uh,
2: I mean, I think a couple of things. Uh, One of the plays of the year, like one of of his plays of the year that kind of stands out, that kind of um, exemplifies who he is as a player was that very first play in the Red River shootout. I don't think we're Mm -hmm. supposed to call it that anymore. Um, But it's like a little bubble screen. And he stiff arms an Oklahoma tackler, pushes him to the ground, and then just takes off for 75 yards or whatever it was. And it was just like you saw him make a nice grab easy but he he grabs it both hands pushes the dude out of the way and then you just see the speed and it just shows his his size speed um athletic combination that is crazy rare for a freshman and uh you just think about what might happen as he continues to develop physically because the dude's what like 18 19 years old probably Mm -hmm. like he's like 18 and (laughs) uh,
1: he came (laughs) in a little slim you know yeah. and, and that's the that was the knock against him uh just as a recruit like even for a high school wide receiver he wasn't very big <laughs> but the thing is like Devonte Smith wasn't either and he just saw first round count. oh my god and uh, he and, just just slayed last week in the NFL too and and honestly <laughs> that's who he reminds me of like hmm. in in his uh, aggressive and and powerful and powerful breaks i guess as well like even on on the deep stems like just creating separation with the subtleties uh, to his game, he's just way ahead of where he should be right. uh, as a route runner, and the the speed is absurd, uh, the yak ability is nuts, and it, and he's already running a very complete route tree from any kind of spot that you want him to. Like just just from a real football kind of film analysis standpoint, he's already been fantastic. But then on top of that, he's he's checking every analytical box you he, want to see out of the gate with the production numbers too. Uh, and there's nobody even close. Like, you know, maybe most years we have, like, a few, like, three or four guys that kind of stand out. Uh, like, George Pickens had a crazy year uh, in terms of, like, within the scale of his offense. But, like, the raw production, the the dominator rating, the yards for team pass attempt, every kind of measure that you want to kind of throw at uh, Xavier Worthy, he is at the 100th percentile for right. two freshmen. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I, I think it's exciting, too, because it's not like this is an offense that has produced a ton of wide receivers. It's not like he's at a at a school that is inflating his numbers. Like, he's doing this at Texas. When's the last time we saw a Texas wide receiver go super, super early? It's been a long time. Yeah. I mean, Devin uh,
1: Renee kind of went early-ish. Like third-round-ish? Yeah. Colin yeah. Johnson. Yeah. It was like, like,
2: fifth round or whatever. Yeah. But- But But we haven't seen this in a while. No.
1: And and yes, Um, there's some context. Yes. Jordan Whittington misses. He's missed some time. Joshua Moore and the coaching staff are clearly, they, they, they hate each other. Like they they had some blows and blows. Like that's been in the news for multiple weeks. Um, but for a true freshman to do what he did. Yeah. uh, That's fantastic. He's just going to coast to top 50 capital.
2: in a Debbie depleted. So like you're, you're in a four fourth, fifth year of a Debbie league here. So a lot of the, uh, upperclassmen are already on rosters. How mm-hmm. early are you taking Xavier worthy? First pick. First pick. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. Like, like
1: I mean, he's, uh, he's already on my, well, I actually, no next spring. If he's not a first, first round pick for you in Debbie, I don't know what you're doing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got, he, he's got it. <laughs> like yeah. he's got it. Um, he, yeah, he, he projects to be, uh, the wide receiver one in his class. And uh, what's crazy uh, to
1: me before we jump in and, and get to some of these production profile guys is, uh he was, he was like a top 70 ish overall in the nation kind of recruit. But in my, all my leagues, all my deeper, deep, crazy, deep leagues, he was like the thir- like in between the 30th and 40th freshman taken. Like mm-hmm. that's, a, that's just terrible process. Like, I have no idea how that happened.
2: Well, but do you think it was because it was like, it was first Michigan and then Texas. And there wasn't a lot of excitement with those two offenses. Like,
1: I, I mean, I that's, guess, that's, that's my, that's my just, thinking just based on like, just, yeah, historical hit, hit rates alone <laughs> y'all, y'all can't can just... see
2: travis but he's, oh. he's his brow was furrowed he's got his he's got his head in his hands he's upset he's upset with the process of other yeah. people well, <laughs> it's just,
1: and it's just like man like all these like oh but i really like this random top four star ish guy in like the 300 overall range like and I'm smarter than everyone else. Like, no, you're not, bro. Like you're just not. And and so like I see it every every year. Like somebody's like, oh yeah, but this guy's gonna smash here. And like he's got, you know, zero catches or one catch for seven yards.
2: Um, just like going after Caff- opportunity, but Caffrey Brown, baby. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, that's mean. <laughs> but I I was the guy who dropped in Caffrey Brown in every C of C this year. So <laughs> I'll shut up now. All right, Travis, let's take a second and uh, jump into some running backs here um, that are just having some, some really good production that we want to talk about that are eligible to come out this year. I'm going to go a little bit out of order because there's a guy that was being drafted super, super high in Debbie formats, c to c formats. He was one of the first running backs taken, and he started off uh, kind of quiet this year, um, but has uh, uh, of late really picked up his production and is actually on pace to have a really, really solid year Talking about Brees Hall from Iowa State, um, he was um, my RB one coming into the year. I had him uh, ahead of Bijan. I had him ahead of Tank, partially because his eligibility was uh, much sooner. But but here he is um, after kind of a slow start, putting together a really nice season. What are your thoughts on Brees Hall, and what do you think we can expect from him as far as like draft capital and stuff like that goes?
1: Yeah, I mean Brees Hall, I. It was, and it's really Iowa state that started off so ugly. Like the expectations were through the roof. I think the over under on their preseason, uh, when total was like nine and a half, which I is just under, nuts by the way. for. Yeah. like and yeah, kudos to you. Cause man, I, I kind of, I, I couldn't make myself do it. Cause I was like, man, what if this is the year? Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, the whole team struggled. Like they, they almost got beat by Northern Iowa, uh, early on yeah. in the year. And, uh, he, he did just enough but wasn't super efficient and I uh, didn't have like a super breeze game I feel like until like the 3rd week. Uh, but here we yeah, are that, like 10 weeks the in. The 3rd week
2: and the 3rd week was his first 100-yard rushing game. He had 69 yards um in both the yeah. first two games. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he played Northern Iowa and by the way by the way Northern Iowa they basically try to run as few plays as possible per game. Like their opponents average like 55 total point total plays a game or something silly like dating back a few years now. So that's all they did. They were like, Hey, let's play keep away and see if we can just give them three possessions and squeak something out. And they kept it close. Congratulations. And then they played Iowa who their defense was on fire uh, for the first, basically eight weeks of the year. Uh, And then he, after that uh, started heating up, got a hundred yard game. I had,
2: but after that, like
1: had four in a row really. So um, He's almost hit almost 200
2: twice. (laughs) Almost hit 200 twice in that period. Yeah.
1: And and he's really looked like himself, which is great. Like, in even like that Baylor game where they actually lost, he was the reason why they almost came back and won. Like he took over that game. Um, And, and he's added more value as a receiver this year, even improving on what was already a decent uh, receiving profile for running back. Uh, He has the size he has. I'm not sure he's got crazy long speed or anything, but he's, He's a thick dude. He's like six, one 220 um, He's going to be athletic enough. I just don't think that there's going to be any running backs that go in round one next spring. Like it's just going to be one of those years where we have none. Like if there's one, yep. it's going to be like, again, late twenties, maybe. Uh, and it could be Hall. Um, it could be, I, I think he's just kind of like the forgotten man because of how he started, how Iowa state started and how their season has been kind of bad uh, based on initial expectations. But He's still going to be a top three running back no matter what
2: next spring. You feel pretty confident about that. Is he someone because the, well, it's always hard. People always, people are dialed into the the players they have on their roster. So it's hard to go to a Brees Hall owner and try to buy a low because the Brees Hall owner probably is paying attention to what Brees Hall is doing. Um, But I I do feel like Brees Hall might have more real value than people might, understand because of the fact that he had that slow start. And I do feel like slow starts are a lot worse than, uh, you know, kind of finishing slow because people remember what happened early in the season, um, because Mm -hmm. that's when we're all like dialed in. Uh, I I love Brees Hall though. I think he's going to be an absolute smash. Um, And like you said, like he's been more involved in the passing game, which we absolutely love to see. And um, yeah, he's already got uh, like 10% more reception or no, he's almost doubled his receptions from last year, 50% more receptions from last year in in two fewer games. So he, he's definitely um, doing well. He had a rough week against Texas Tech last week. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for this week. It'll be interesting to see what they do against uh, Oklahoma as a three-point dog or three-and-a-half-point dog. I, I, I think he'll be a huge part of that game against that Oklahoma defense. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens there because I think they're going to lean on him an awful lot and that's going to be a spotlight game. A lot of people are going to be watching that and he's really got the opportunity to uh improve his draft capital because I do think it matters what happens in the big games when everyone's watching. Like um you would think that that wouldn't make um all the difference in the world, but it does seem to be a pretty big uh a pretty big factor when the when yeah. all this and all the eyes are on the game. And even you know, I think even real NFL scouts probably
1: overvalue that. Like they value that more. Yeah. Like like when yeah. you hear even just stuff that comes out or you, uh, what they say in interviews, like what like it's just like hey they'll they'll mention that game um, mm-hmm. in those moments, and and everybody's gonna go back even if you don't watch every snap of Brees Hall, you're gonna watch that. You're gonna watch every snap of that game. Yeah, um, So yeah, that that matters. And so this this is gonna be a big, huge potential turning point for his hype train. As well, because everybody's going to be watching it. So yeah, yeah, Brees Hall. I think he's going to start gaining steam this this week.
2: A, a player who Again. took advantage of that, yeah, a player who took advantage of uh, the, the the big game, the, the spotlight game, is uh, Kenneth Walker third That game against Michigan, uh, you and I had been talking about him for a while. You were talking about him in the off season. Uh, we've already, I've talked about the fact that you wanted me to write about him in one of my pieces and I was like, nah, I don't need to write about Kenneth Walker because I'm an, cause <laughs> yeah. I'm an idiot. Oh <laughs> man. I did mention him in, um,
1: in my transfer piece back in April, I think, Yeah. but he, yeah. you know, he was one of the, there, there were the transfer portal is going to be more fun every single year now. Like this Absolutely. is where we are. Um, and it's basically man, a free like agency at this point.
2: Yeah. But he smashed against Michigan and that was the game that everyone was like, okay, now we have to pay attention to Kenneth Walker, which they should have been paying attention earlier. Um, but Kenneth Walker went from a guy who you and I were talking about, but no, no casual people were talking about, uh, no, no, only us degenerates. Um, and yeah. now he is um, <clears throat> like top three in the Heisman running, and mm-hmm. uh, looking to get again, probably not day one capital like you said, uh, but day two capital for sure and Kenneth Walker's put his, his name in the hat for one of the best running backs in the country, and his uh, production is insane, although he is still kind of uh, relatively uninvolved in the passing game, although it was interesting because uh, Mel Tucker was saying the other day, the coach of Michigan State, That, oh, yeah, if we wanted to throw him the ball, he's capable of receiving it and doing stuff with it. It's like, okay, well, he's clearly your best athlete. Why the hell aren't you doing it? Yeah, Let's see it, please. Um, So so let's talk about Kenneth Walker a little bit. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, Do you have concerns about the lack of um, involvement in the passing game, or do you think that he can be relevant in the NFL even as maybe just a two-down back?
1: Yeah, I think he can. It's just that's not interesting. <laughs> like, like anymore, there's so much value, uh, especially if we're if, – even from a DFS standpoint. Like, when you just factor in, you know, what running backs typically fill in the opto, optimal lineups that win the Millie. You know, like, it's, it's normally not the two-down. Backs like that it's like, it's like James it, White. It's really not <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's randomly those wide receiver the wide receivers that are masquerading as running backs that get yeah. like five or six receptions a week and have that crazy awesome four. But guys that don't do that don't have a floor, like it's right. the floor is like nothing. Um, and so uh, that that scares me a little bit for fantasy football purposes, uh, for Kenneth Walker, because unless you- he just changes completely and all of a sudden just catches a bunch of passes. And we don't see that typically if you don't do it in college at all. Like you don't magically just appear. Oh, yeah, I'm a 50 reception a week guy uh, or a year guy now. I guess it's not common. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Do you think he might be one of these players that's a better NFL player than he is a fantasy player? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess he's going to be a guy that, um, you you
1: know, he has that kind of edge to him like in his game like he has got and he's got the athleticism like he's got the speed to get the edge but he's going to throw you off him like he's going to play for ferociously uh teammates are going to love him you know like the people are going to talk talk him up throughout the draft season like just you know guy who wins the interview or whatever like that's just who he's been uh even dating back to Wake Forest like the whole program he, they 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 talked him up even it wasn't like bad buddy when, when he transferred out. There was no noise ab- about him transferring out because he's not a, dra- a drama queen either. Uh, so Kenneth Walker was just a guy who put his head down and put his pads down and yeah. uh, just trucks and people at Wake Forest. And and they, they you know give, give Wake Forest credit and they've developed uh, a better offensive line play. But when he was there, they they had issues. Uh, they were like consistently outside the top fifty. And, uh, you know, yards blocked uh, or yards before contact for the running backs. Uh, and I, I think his second year, they were like 80th or something. Terrible, terrible for a power five team as far as uh, offensive blocking efficiency in the run game. And so Kenneth Walker was just fighting for his life uh, yeah. and, and, you know, gets a, a breath of fresh air and is asked to be the entirety of Michigan State's offense. And now he's looking like a top three running back, top four running back. Um in next year's class and that's that's a lot of fun. So congrats to him. I'm just not gonna be I, I might be without any uh shares of Kenneth Walker in fantasy just because of the lacking uh lack of receiving upside.
2: Yeah. I mean he has, in my opinion, uh made um Peyton Thorne um a household name. I mean everyone's like wait, who? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe not quite a household name. But because yeah. because teams have to respect Kenneth Walker, all of a sudden uh, this passing game in Michigan State actually looks pretty decent, mm-hmm. and you've got guys like uh, Jaden Reed and Naylor uh, putting up big, big numbers, and and mm-hmm. Thorn actually having some efficiency. Uh, but I think a lot of that is because Kenneth Walker just demands so much respect from from uh, opposing coaching staffs that that are trying to stop him. Um, let's move on to um, the probably the best running back in the Pac-12, um, a guy who maybe wasn't expected to be. Um, the main man on his team. And yeah, I'm pulling one on you. I'm talking about Travis die, baby. I'm I knew that's about- <laughs> what you're
1: doing by the way. <laughs> I
2: was like, he's going to do it. He's going to do this. So Rashad oh, white man. is next on the show's sheet, but I'm skipping him to talk about my boy, Travis die. Uh, I love Travis die last year. He was just absolutely insane. Um, averaging 6.9 yards per carry and a whopping 26 Point six yards per reception this year, his, his yards per reception is down to 9.4, but he's still running it at six yards, a carry. He's almost at a thousand yards for the year. Um, on the ground, he's got another 300 yards to the air since he's gotten the job since, um, CJ Verdell went down with an injury. Um, he has been just dynamic. He is the reason why I have made the playoffs in most of my C to C leagues. Um, because I have Travis die everywhere. My concern is he's small, five <laughs> ten. Uh, he's not quite two hundred pounds. He might not even be five ten. <laughs> um, Probably not. Th- <laughs> uh, I mean, he's listed there. Uh, what are your thoughts on Travis Dye? I mean, the production speaks for itself. He, he he clearly is a very efficient running back. Do you think it will translate? I think it can. I, I just think you
1: know the, the ceilings maybe not as high uh, for him. Uh, he has actually been adding some receiving value, which was something. Um, you know he wasn't he doing 30,
2: he, he has 32 receptions on the year
1: already yeah i know it's, that, that that was and it's funny because dude just throw some to the receivers by the way like you have wide receivers there uh anthony brown but <laughs> yeah, yeah you wouldn't know uh but what was that ridiculous stat line he had this year like at one point uh, he had four carries in a row all of which went for touchdowns and he had like Four, it was like four carries for 16 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> it was it yes. was insane. The UCLA, uh, UCLA game or whatever it was. Yep, but, That's uh, it. They've That's just the been committing. They've been committing to the run, uh, and he's had a few blow-up games uh, that have really buoyed his performance on the year, but he's been pretty consistent uh, as well, at least offering a, a decent floor. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a bit concerned with the size. Uh, I love his his make or break ability. Uh, he he's always looking for the home run, uh, which is why sometimes he'll get stuffed and uh, you know average like less than four yards per carry here and here here, uh, here and there. I think it was what what was that the uh, uh, Colorado game, which was surprising. Like Oregon actually kind of struggled for a hot second with with Colorado, um, and so yeah, I, I think he he looks for the home run and and that's great when it, when it works. When it doesn't, uh, it's not great. So I think that, that he's probably going to end up being a day three guy for me. Um, yeah,
2: I think that's accurate.
1: But, you know, I, I know you love Travis Dye and he's got a great name, by the way. So that helps.
2: Yes, he does. And his brother plays uh, in the NFL. So that's good. Um, we always like that. His brother does play linebacker, though. So it's not really the same <laughs> thing. Um, but no, I love Travis Dye. I think he I mean, he's been, in my opinion, the best running back there for a while. Um their fresh their their true freshman um looks pretty damn good too, though, by the way. Uh but we won't have to we don't we don't have to talk about him for a couple of years, I don't think. Um Byron you know, Cardwell. I, yeah. Um, because yeah. he's taken over that uh that two spot and they do like to run the ball a lot. No, he is a focal point of their offense because they don't trust Anthony Brown to throw the ball. Uh they either want Anthony to run it or to hand it off to Travis. And it's been working. They're winning. Uh we'll see if that changes. But because of that, he he has seen uh I mean, career high in attempts already uh, just through like in his career. He's already got the most care he's he's ever had in a season. Um, so they are definitely relying on him and he's uh, taking care of some of the fumbling issues that he showed um, in seasons past. So it'll be interesting to see how he finishes out the season. Um, I don't know if he's going to declare for the draft this year or not. He is eligible, um, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if he came back as a fifth year senior. Um, let's move on to probably who um, I should have brought up first from the pack 12. And that's Arizona State's Rashad White again. Um, I've got a lot of uh, of Trevion or not Trevion Trainum. Sorry, um, I have a lot of Trainum. Uh, Diamante, Trainum, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, he's on a lot of my squads because I picked the wrong um, Arizona State running back. Um, but Rashad White has just been electric this year, and honestly. He was super good last year, too. Last year he was averaging 10 yards a carry. This year it's right at six, but he's been super, super efficient. He's got 14 rushing touchdowns. He's also another guy that's been kind of sneaky, efficient, and um effective in the passing game with um 34 receptions for uh 339 yards. So he's get whoa, he's I bit my tongue. Um he's getting involved in the passing game as well. Rashad White seems to be. Um, kind of this uh, shining star, this um, this player kind of coming out of nowhere for some of us. I know you were on him early. Uh, you're a big fan. Talk.
1: Sure. I mean, I actually was able to get him in a, in a College to Kenton League uh, crazy late, even last year, just because there was some buzz uh, in one of my later drafting leagues. Uh, even early, I guess, in the summer when he was there about him uh, just looking like the best back that they had. And he was the transfer coming in, the Juco guy. Uh, and so I, that's that's the kind of target I, I always go for. Um, I'm pretty sure I, I wrote him up on the transfer piece even last year that I did for Roto-Viz for just because the potential, you know, they had some good freshmen that could break out and train them look good last year. But the most efficient weapon that they had on offense in like the four games that they played Uh, Was Rashad White? He had 11 yards per touch, uh, which is just insane. Like that's the that was going to be unrepeatable. Uh, But even so, like he's been incredibly efficient this year with all of the work. Uh, And really, this year, uh, Traynham missed some time, and uh, you know Rashad benefited, took over the feature workload. Had was still averaging like over 15, 16 touches per game. Traynham came back healthy, and uh, Daniel uh, Nagata or whatever their other other guy that they like to feed some there they were they were trying to go back to a committee a little bit and then they realized wait hold on why are we feeding the ball to anyone besides Rashad White he's he's averaging again like eight yards nine yards a touch here and there and these other two second year guys aren't cutting it so when they finally stopped doing that uh if Rashad White was like hey what's up guys I'm just gonna drop 237 yards from from scrimmage in back-to-back weeks what's up um And so that's where we are right now with Rashad. People are trying, you know, starting to try to catch up on this because they can't stay up late enough to watch Pac-12 after dark. But Rashad White's been doing it all year long, and uh, to me, he's already been a top five back in next year's class for a while. Uh, But it's great to see a bunch of people uh, kind of agreeing that there's that there's maybe that kind of potential now.
2: Yeah, one of the things that's exciting about this group of running backs is they may not be as hyped up as some of the years uh, past, but there's been a lot of guys that have popped up out of nowhere. So even in these Debbie, even in these Debbie leagues where you've got four or five rounds, there's going to be some available rookie picks that are going to be pretty Mm -hmm. exciting because of guys like Kenneth Walker and Rashad white in some Debbie, some Debbie leagues, they're available. So that, that, and another guy, another guy that you're going to see available is Abram Smith from, uh, from Baylor. Who's putting together a really nice year. Um, he just absolutely dominated Oklahoma. He's over a 1,200 yards in the season, over 11 touchdowns. Um, not doing a whole lot in the passing game, um, averaging just about one reception a game. But talk to me a little bit about him.
1: Yeah, so Abram Smith, uh, he would have been an absolute zero again. Like He's been an absolute zero for four years for Baylor, and he would have done so, well, he would have done a whole lot of nothing had John Lovett not transferred out of Baylor and gone to Penn State to do nothing there because Penn State's ground game is trash. Uh, so great call on the transfer there but uh yeah
2: going going into this year he had a a career total 12
1: carries yeah it was nothing like and in fact this is his fifth year like if you look at his stats right right now there's only four years of stats but he was actually in the 2017 recruiting class as a a three-star way back then uh so he was an out of absolutely nowhere like nobody Saw him. He was rostered in precisely zero of any of my leagues. Even the leagues that I had that drafted like fifty rounds long. Even I'm pretty sure even the league that I have that's absurd that no one should ever do. But it's uh, <laughs> like we've it, it, we've we started drafting. It. <laughs> we started drafting like almost two years ago, and the scoring's not going to start until next fall. And we've had 150 rounds of college players selected and younger, uh, and he's not rostered. Like so, yeah, uh, fifteen hundred players. No, no, no. Whatever it is, I don't even know. It, wow. it, it's it's absurd. Uh, uh, levels of of players gone, and he's still not there. Like he's gonna be in every single league, and if he gets even fringe day three capital or day day two capital, like uh, I don't think he's going to. Uh, based on the fact that he's already gonna be at least twenty three, if not close to twenty four years old, but you know who was it? Jordan. Uh, what's his face with the the Colts? Uh, he was a Mississippi State back. You know what I'm talking about? I can't remember his last name right now. But he, he even had some hype for a second. He was like a fifth round pick. Uh he I could see that kind of uh, you know, you know, late, late career, certain resurgence type. You know, he gets a senior bowl invite or something and, and gets some hype and gets fifth round capital. That's that's probably the, the cap though for him.
2: Yeah. Um let's um talk about a guy who we both had kind of high expectations going to North Carolina, a um, lot of production available, a lot of like vacated targets, vacated yards, vacated touchdowns. Everything was there for the taking for Ty Chandler, um, another guy who kind of um, has started off slow and is kind of ramping up. Um, he uh, he's had some hit or miss games. What are your thoughts on Ty Chandler um, right now? Again, another guy who I thought would be more involved in the passing game, just based on what we saw from North Carolina last year, he's only got 12 receptions on the year, which kind of concerns me a little bit. What are your thoughts on him moving forward? He's another, uh, like, you know,
1: 50th year guy that yeah. uh, back, back in his recruiting class, I actually, uh, I can't remember like what round it was, but I'm pretty sure like I I was a big Ty Chandler fan and in a fairly deep Debbie league where a bunch of freshmen were getting drafted way back in uh, you know spring of 2017. I accidentally <laughs> uh, poor, or I guess in poor judgment took Ty Chandler over DeAndre Swift and <laughs> <Ew. Whoa. laughs> whoops. Cause Ty Chandler had like four, four wheels. He had, he had a really fun high school uh, highlight tape. Like just go dig it up. If you got, you've got a second. Cause he's, he was, just amazing. And then Tennessee went on to just absolutely waste him, just like they wasted Eric Gray uh, and, well, virtually any any other player. Uh, they even wasted Alvin Kamara when he was there. They do a great job of that. They're getting better at that th- th- this year. But anyway, now that he's actually at North Carolina and the, the first real solid opportunity that he's ever had, uh, he's you know averaging 112-plus yards from scrimmage per game, uh, had a couple blow-up, just ridiculous performances, including the Wake Forest game. Uh, so I, I I really like him and he's gonna test incredibly well. I think I, he could be a Duke Johnson type that that sneaks into day two when it's all said and done.
2: Yeah, um, no, I am a big fan too. Um, we've we've been talking about him for a while. I want to talk about like if you get extra points for for wins. This next running back is probably um, the, the goat because he's on an undefeated <laughs> team. Uh, he he, he uh, he's also eclipsed 100 yards in 70% of his games um, and gotten over 89 yards in 90% of his games rushing. If you add the passing yards, he's he's you know doing it all over the place. And I'm talking about Sincere McCormick, uh, sincerely one of the best running backs in the class. I had to do it. Sorry. Pun, most definitely intended. And if anyone ever if anyone ever says after they give a pun, pun not intended, they're lying to you. I want you to know that pun was intended. They're just embarrassed. (laughs) Sincere McCormick, um, our boy from the uh, Roadrunners, I believe. BTSA Roadrunners. Yeah, I mean, give it give it to him now. Give him the Heisman um, just because of that. (laughs) Five nine two hundred five. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's like people are going to look at the stats
1: and go, wow, this guy had like at least almost 1,200 yards from scrimmage three years in a row. I think he's probably going to go back to school. But if he doesn't, he comes out, and and he's going to have a ridiculous resume on paper. But it's a perfect Mm -hmm. scenario because you're playing in Conference USA, which, by the way, is the bottom of the barrel in in FBS football, especially at this point. Uh, And it's a great situation where they've just committed – to the run every single year that he's been there. Uh, he's, he's a little bit undersized and uh, he doesn't do the whole receiving thing really well. And so if you're an undersized guy that doesn't catch a whole lot of passes, that's not a great combination. So we're looking at a cap of, of round four value uh, next year, even if he tests pretty well. So I know there are people that really love S- sincere McCormick in the Debbie community. I'm just not one that can confidently get behind him uh, for real NFL in uh, fantasy football purposes,
2: yeah, no, I hear you. Um, I, I it, it will take a lot. I think, think it t- takes a lot for running backs in these smaller schools really to to get the capital. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, the lack of receiving production is um, concerning. Uh, he did have 24 uh, receptions his freshman year, but uh, he's only at 13 now, averaging barely over one a game. So, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on. Let's let's take a break and then jump back in talk a little bit about some. Some of the wide receivers and quarterbacks. Uh, we're, looks like we're going long today, Travis. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll speed it up on the other side so you can get to your Halo Elite or Halo whatever. <laughs> Halo um, Infinite. <laughs> yes, Infinite. It's even better than Elite. All right, we'll be right back with you guys.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed.
2: All right, we're back. We're still here. Let's jump into some wide receivers. Let's start with um, let's start with a guy who I think he's been hyped up quite a bit. Uh, he is his team's entire offense. Let's talk about David Bell. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Does he have the? Uh, just just talk talk to me about him. What's what's the ceiling as far as draft capital goes? Could he could he be one of the top receivers drafted in this class? I think so. I think
1: he doesn't get a bunch of hype because, well, he plays for Purdue. and Does it uh, hurt you to say that right there? It, no, no. I've, I've fully embraced how, how much of a joke Purdue is outside of the games that they should never, ever win. Uh, and then they do the anyway. The spoiler
2: makers? Yes, the <laughs> spoiler makers.
1: I mean, they were, I mean, from the time I graduated there, I, they are my alma mater, boiler up. Love it. I, I used to live in the Kerry Quad, which is like the dorm, which is right at the foot of the football stadium. I could just fall out of my bed into my seat, and it was amazing. And we actually had a, a few decent years back when Curtis Painter was. I, by the way, Curtis Painter oh, was actually a decent college yeah. quarterback. Like that's when I went I to forgot Purdue.
2: about him. Yeah, yeah. Curtis
1: Painter was a real thing. He he uh, got the Colts. Andrew, Luck. congratulations to Colts fans who had gotten to enjoy that for a second. But anyway, you know, <laughs> Purdue is not great at football there they were a bottom five power five program for probably a decade and uh, rondale moore tried to drag them out of that and david bell tried to drag them out of that george karloftis helped them drag out of that they've not been a terrible team this year but uh people don't think of purdue all the time when they think of incredible offensive playmakers uh but the offensive funnel of targets that have gone his way since he's been there It's been fantastic. Like Even when Rondell Moore was there, and even when they were sharing the field, David Bell was still productive. Uh, But especially in Rondell Moore's stead, when Rondell Moore missed time with injury, uh, Bell broke out as a true freshman, had every single threshold imaginable imaginable that you want him to hit from a production profile standpoint, has like a 78th percentile adjusted uh, adjusted production index coming into this year, which looks at dominator rating, yards per team pass attempt, touchdowns per team pass attempt, uh, several different lenses uh, to look through a production profile. That is what the adjusted production index is at, at Um But he, he checks all those boxes, and then from a film standpoint, he's somebody who can absolutely win on the outside, uh, but he can win on the inside as well. In the few instances where he, we have seen him there, uh, so I, I think he's a complete wide receiver. I think he, he's, he's very safe for round two or better next spring with a you know cap around pick twenty.
2: Oh wow, yeah. Oh, I like that. Um he is definitely producing and he is that offense. I mean, like he's just yeah. um I want to talk about another guy here, um the uh, the pride of Waxahachie. Uh, I'm talking about Houston Baptist's own Jared Stern. Uh we have talked about him a bit. Not uh, not him. We've talked about Houston Baptist um kind of their entire offense and coaching staff moving Uh, to Western Kentucky and just the explosion that we anticipated and has taken place. It's been fun to watch. And and here he is. Jared Stearns has put up uh, he's got 111 receptions for um, 1,368 yards and 11 touchdowns through 10 games, just producing like an absolute freak. What are your thoughts? Does this mean anything? Again, this is conference USA. So does it even mean anything? (laughs) Uh, yeah, again, it's, it's a little sketchy because it's coming USA, (laughs) Houston Uh, Baptist baby.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Houston Baptist, uh, FCS team. Uh, they, they, they take the offensive coordinator. They take the entire starting receiving core, including both brothers, Jareth and Josh. And, uh, you know, they, they take over Western Kentucky's offense. Uh, and by the way, Western Kentucky brought in like 20 transfers. Uh, they basically completely replaced their, their roster. Uh, and yeah. it's been amazing because they they've actually had some success. People are going to take some notes, and other teams are going to try this again. They should completely replace their entire roster in a year, like Western Kentucky did. And man, Bailey Zappi uh, might have an NFL future. Like he's been just tossing Woo. the rock like insane, like over four touchdowns per game. Uh, and yes, they're throwing the ball like fifty plus times a game. But that's what they did at Houston Baptist too. Like they were averaging like 54 pass attempts per game in the four games that they played last year, and and Stearns, uh, when he was at Houston Baptist, even had 47 catches in four games. <laughs> like, like he was like this is not new. Like he he was doing yeah. this even when they were at Houston Baptist, but he's doing it again at the FBS level, having over 10 catches per game, and has actually increased his efficiency at the next level. So. Yes, he's not going to wow you athletically, and yes, he is probably limited to limited to exclusively a slot role at the next level. That's who Jared Stearns is, but he's very sneaky in space. Uh, he works over the top of linebackers, finds that space right between the safeties and cover two. Get gets behind. He, he he finds that gap on the sideline and cover two. Like whatever you want to ask him to do, uh, he finds it in the zone, and he can beat you on the stor- short stuff if you, if you try to play man. Uh too. So Jareth Stearns might be legit. I might have
2: like a Randall Cobb type ceiling. Oh, I like I like that comp. That that's very fun. Um, I (laughs) I want to play a little game with you here. Um, which of these names is not like the other? Okay. Um, you ready for this? (laughs) No, I'm definitely not. (laughs) This is gonna be super fun. I just want to show you how little uh sometimes sometimes how little we know going into the season, because I remember having a very in-depth conversation in clubhouse with you about this room. So, so Jojo Earl, Ajay hall, Ja'Cory Brooks and Jamison Williams, (laughs) which one of these names is not like the other Jamison Williams coming out of nowhere and just, demanding the football demanding the targets and producing like an elite elite prospect having an absolutely great year super exciting not the wide receiver you and I were expecting to to break out this year from the Alabama squad what happened how how, I mean wow
1: you know with the 2017 uh, wide receiver class we kind of just assumed oh they're just going to do this again like the Jerry Judy Henry Ruggs and Devonte Smith class, that group that just absolutely just blew up. They they didn't blow up as true freshmen, but they did something, right? They mm-hmm. did something, uh. You know, even when they were, I guess Calvin Ridley was basically the show their true freshman year, uh, and he he dominated that season. But Devonte Smith was the guy who actually won the freaking national championship with Tua Tonga Valoa with that that deep, uh. You know, that deep, I guess, was a double move in the national championship game. Um, And so, you know, they did something this year. The freshmen are just not doing it. Jojo Earl was at least splitting some time with Slade Bolden. But he's he's. In <laughs> yeah, I'm, and I'm uh, that was very funny so, to man. me. <laughs> and, Slade you know, Jacory Brooks, like won like a team award, like special teams player of the week. Congrats, dude. You're like a five star. You should be on the field like something's not working with the true freshman wide receivers there. And I think. You know, uh, Nick Saban is one of the greatest of all time because he he saw, okay, these guys, I, I need some help. <laughs> and so yeah. he brought in Jamison Williams. And uh, I, as of a couple of weeks ago, Jamison Williams, uh, like Bryce, Bryce Young, quarterback for Alabama, was averaging like four more yards per pass attempt going to Jamison Williams than the rest of the offense. Like it, <laughs> it, was, it was insane. So uh, yeah. he's, he's been the most fun, deep threat who also is savvy enough to find find the gaps where he needs to sit down and come back to the ball like he's just an incredibly smart player realized, "Hey, I am sharing targets with six future NFL players uh at Ohio State. I'm going to get out of town and go transfer and go play at Alabama because their wide receivers suck, apparently."
2: <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, I've been I've been just absolutely impressed by him. Another guy who um in a lot of Devi leagues isn't there like he's not he's not on rosters he's going to be available and uh super exciting because um he has been very efficient and very productive this year uh one of my favorite stories of the year uh easily has been jameson williams and i'm not a i'm not an sec guy so it takes a lot for me to say that um uh i am however a absolutely huge south alabama fan um, and that's why we should talk about Jalen Tolbert. <laughs> you are not um, a you are not
1: a huge South Alabama. <laughs> there is not a single person on the face of the planet that is a huge South Alabama fan.
2: So I used to like just for fun have people test me on like uh, mascots for teams. I don't think I know who South Alabama even is. I don't know their mascot. It's the Jaguars. You should know uh, okay. that one. I thought it might be a cat, <laughs> but it, it
1: looks uh, like a non-scary cat it, it looks a little bit like the panther that sam Darnold drew at the beginning of the year uh so okay. it, it's one of the worst drawn mascot <laughs> pictures in existence it's terrible well now but i'm anyway. an even
2: but now i'm an even bigger fan um so he he <laughs> has he's in 10 games he has got 65 receptions for uh over 1100 yards six touchdowns um he has been doing doing work for for south alabama talk to me a little about jalen Tolbert, a guy who uh People who do C2C leagues, definitely knew about, definitely have him on the roster um, because we kind of expected this kind of production after last year where he had, I mean, he pretty much in last year did exactly what he's done this year so far. So what are your thoughts on him?
1: Well, first off, it's pretty cool just because South Alabama is actually a pretty new program. Like they've only been around like 10 or less years, I think uh, at all, let alone at at the FPS level. And so he was actually the first 1,000 yard receiver for them Uh, last year uh, and came out of nowhere and was just this, this dominant physical force uh, who could just win uh, in tight quarters. But this year he's actually gotten better at at separating and is just wide open quite often. Like, uh, and part of that is due to his physicality at the line of scrimmage and, and uh, out of his breaks, like just dominating people at his level of play. Uh, But also he's just getting better at being a wide receiver, not just a dominant athlete. And so I think he's going to he's gonna surprise because he's just been week in, week out, destroying people. And, yes, South Alabama uh, has not great uh, offensive efficiency around him, and so he's not going to have 20 touchdowns at the end of the season. But he is fourth in receiving yards uh, in the entire country right now. Uh, and so I think he's going to declare early, and I think he is going to have uh, day two draft capital coming out of South Alabama, which will be, I'm pretty sure, the first – uh, day two offensive playmaker for South Alabama ever.
2: You think he could go day two? I do.
1: I do. Wow. I, I, I think wow. nobody watches South Alabama, but the people who uh, their their livelihood depends on watching enough South Alabama and every nook and cranny of the entire country will know that Jalen Tolbert is just that dude. Like I, I, I'm not yeah. going to be surprised at all if we see him uh, get even at the end of round two kind of capital.
2: Yeah, I mean he's six foot three, so he's definitely got some nice size to him as well. So that is always something that um, you know scouts like like to see. Uh, I want to move over to a dude that I thought would maybe be surpassed by a younger guy on his team. I thought maybe Parker Washington would kind of bud into the alpha, but no. Jahan Dotson said, "Nope, this is my job. This is my gig. I am the man." Um, he's got 80 receptions. Um, he's going to get over a thousand yards after this next game. Um, he's having a really solid senior season here. He's already got nine touchdowns and at times is the entire offense for Penn State. Um, do you think he sees the type of capital um, to to make him like, I mean, it's hard to, you don't really compare anyone to Allen Robinson right now with what's happening um, with his his kind of disappointing season. But, but what do you think about Jahan?
1: Yeah, Allen Robinson being an, another former Penn State wide receiver, I guess that's why you probably mentioned him there. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Jahan Dotson, uh, Penn State wide receiver, somebody that I don't even remember that degenerate league I mentioned earlier where we've got 150 rounds of players. Like I got him, uh, I guess two off seasons ago. I don't know in round 50 or so, and, and so like that's where he was. Uh, but now the dude has is, is been off the charts uh, in terms of pr- a production pro- profile standpoint. Even coming into the year, he was like a top five or six production profile off of last year and when you look at his adjusted per game numbers uh his adjusted production index is yards per team pass attempt all the all the nerdy numbers i don't want to list them all but he was checking all of those kind of boxes even before now um and and now he's just even you know going off even more so like catching literally half of the touchdowns and like over a third again uh, of the, the receiving yards through the air and and teams just don't have an answer for Jahan dotson uh, and I think there were some questions again uh, with maybe the separation uh, some last year, because even when he would just dominate in, in, I guess it was the Ohio State game last year that he went off for three scores. Uh, it was like jump balls that were just nuts, which doesn't even make sense because he's not like a big body guy that should be no doing he's like that.
2: 511 or something. Yeah, he's
1: like 511 kind of thick, but like he plays plays outside um, Parker Washington plays a slot for them. And, you know, that slot role in that offense has been highly productive. And so schematically that just boosted him again. Like KJ Hamler was in that role uh, when he was there, Parker Washington immediately slots in and he he was super productive, but the, the real NFL difference maker there on that offense that no one in the entirety of college football has had an answer for is Jahan Dotson. And because of that, like, you know, at, at Ohio state, you know, you got three other guys that, that can just destroy you. So, Teams just can't have an answer. They they've got to like stop somebody else, and so like if they stop somebody else, you're wide open. There's nobody like that on Penn State's team. There's decent players, but nobody like that to take away the attention from Jahan Dotson. I wouldn't be surprised if we draw, we saw Jahan Dotson wide receiver one first one off the board. Like that's not necessarily even close to how I have him ranked. Uh, he's like wide receiver five or six, but I wouldn't be surprised at this point just because of even like the early preliminary uh mock drafts and just the the, the general hype from real NFL uh, talking heads like that he's going to have a crazy hype train uh when it comes to NFL draft season
2: it's crazy just hear you say that like and we talked about David Bell earlier uh we don't have Olave or uh, Garrett on here but there's going to be a lot of big 10 wide receivers being drafted oh, yeah. early and that's kind of a weird thing because like yeah. Big 10 is not known. I like mean we, we make big jokes all the time about just taking Big 10 unders, you know, like when we yeah. talk about betting. So in overs uh, Big 10 unders. That's right. And so it's kind of fun seeing these these elite wide receivers from from that conference. I'm gonna um to start
1: like making some bets on like uh a punting efficiency for
2: Big 10 teams. <laughs> right, absolutely. Uh let's head over and talk about a couple of quarterbacks. I want to talk about someone who uh recent transfer um he might be part of the reason why uh, Fuente just got canned. I'm talking about Hendon Hooker, who you're a believer in. You you actually really like him. Um, his adjusted yards per attempt is is over 11 this year. He's got 22 touchdowns, so only three interceptions, and of course he's been doing some work on the ground. I find it hard to believe in him, but that's because um, it might be because of what Fuente did with him or didn't do with him. Um, although he was fine there, but but why should we be Paying attention to Hennon Hooker. So
1: it was funny in this offseason, season, I, I actually had, uh, I, I do have two college Decanton shares of, of Hennon Hooker. Cause I, I've been a believer even since he was at Virginia tech and he was good. Like he had a 90th percentile uh, pass efficiency season with incredible uh, rushing yard uh, market share there for them. Like uh, it's just odd that Fuente was like, well, I brought this other guy in. I kind of want to give him a shot. And so they started splitting time and Hennon Hooker was hurt. And then, Braxton Burmeister would get sprinkled in, and then they took the job away from Hindenhooker, Hooker essentially, uh, and Hindenhooker Hooker was done with it, so he transfers out. Goes Good for him, escape. by the way. Yeah, congrats because getting away from that mess, Fuente is gone now. Yeah, Man, this is dumb.
2: why. So, so this is why I hate when people like people shouldn't transfer out. You need to stick with your team, nope. and if you can't win the job, you don't deserve it. It's like no, screw yeah, no. you, coaches. Coaches make mistakes. Yeah, coaches and, are bad. And Hendon Hooker made the right choice about getting out of there, giving himself an opportunity to – okay, I'm I'm off my soapbox. No. Continue. No, <laughs> I, will, like, you're right, I will though. go. And, and what's funny is like even
1: now, like Josh Heupel, again, dumb coach, brought in Joe Milton for whatever reason. Like, oh, yeah, I'll fix this guy. You know, like he's he's been terrible everywhere he's played. Uh, was a joke outside of like his, his first start at Michigan right. uh, last year. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll fix him. Uh, and so he played Joe Milton to start the season, which was hilariously done by the way. Like I, I remember thinking, man, this is not going to last Milton fad. Like I, 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 I don't know when I, I think, it no, officially. I think you said it on this show. I think I probably did. I was like, I, I don't know what week it's going to happen, but he's going to get benched and Hooker is going to take the job. Uh, and that's exactly what happened because Milton yeah. is bad. Hooker was good and he had an entire season of being incredible at the quarterback position. Yes, his mechanics get wonky, and he's all-armed sometimes. I don't care. Like They like they, they worked on that, and he's gotten better at that. Yes, some, sometimes he still slips up and uh, get, looks a little funky throwing the ball, uh, and he's not as thick as Joe Milton was, and he's not quite the dual threat, but he's more than enough to add some uh, value as a rusher. Um, but as an efficient passer, he's going to have two seasons at least, and that's if he doesn't return for another year, at least two seasons of 90th percentile plus pass efficiency. Uh, and incredible rushing production. And it's funny, I actually, because I, I, I basically partially had a frustration, but also because I didn't want to make my metric and my model that I created for Rotoviz for like the, the passing, uh, basically combined passing efficiency and rushing efficiency and rushing volume and rushing market share. A few, a few variables and adjusted for like play action percentage and some schematic things. Uh, I and Hooker was hitting really hard in the, in my model. And I was like, I don't even yeah. want to list him though, because, <laughs> because he's not even gonna he's not even to start, uh, and so because because Josh Heupel's being dumb, and so I just left yeah. him off the list. But he would have been there, like among the top five or six quarterbacks that wow. measured best, uh, even before this incredible season. So yeah. uh, he has all of the things going for him. <laughs> like teams are going to like him. I know people are just for for whatever reason doubting him. I guess due to his mechanics of uh, on his Virginia Tech tape. And off a few throws in the old miss game that look wonky when his ankle was, I don't know, when his ankle is jacked. Like it's just, no, like, I got, he's going to get some kind of draft capital. I, I think, worst case, even if he comes out this year, worst case, day two capital. And if he comes back for another year, we could see a ridiculously perfect resume and he ends up with round one capital. I, I, I that's a long shot, maybe for some, but I think he has that at least uh, in, in his range of outcomes
2: yeah, no, I, I like it. In Tennessee, like I said um earlier, Jameson Williams is one of my favorite stories this year. Um Tennessee being not dumpster fire bad has been up there as well. just seeing yeah, it's been fun because because what what we thought they were going to be terrible after just the nonsense that took place this off season, um all the drama around the program. so so it's been fun. and I think and Hooker is a, a big reason why they've been successful. Let's talk about another guy who uh, has been kind of the butt of a lot of jokes over here on the road of his uh, shows. And that's 20th twentieth um, 20th year senior Kenny Pickett. He is older than me, I'm pretty sure. But he is putting together a really solid year as well. I think he is uh, He's kind of like on the fringes of the Heisman race right now. I don't think he's going like, to get a New York invite. But he maybe should. Like, uh, absolutely crushing. He's got over 3,500 yards passing. He's got 32 to four touchdown interception ratio. Absolutely insane. Um, he's been doing absolutely great for Pittsburgh, and he's actually being talked about um, on some of these like national platforms like ESPN, Fox, all these guys. Um, his name's coming up. So uh, what are your thoughts on Kenny Pickett? Um, do you think that he um, is going to get the capital that we might want to see? I, I'm curious also, like, he doesn't do a ton rushing, but does he do enough? He's got, like, 220-ish yards rushing this year. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kenny Pickett overall? We better get used to If you're
1: not used to it already, you need to get used to the idea that Kenny Pickett is a first-round lock right now. Woo! Like, there is... He's going to be a first-round pick. Like, unless something weird happens and he gets injured, hopefully that does not happen for his sake. He's a first-round pick next year. Uh, I mean, unless there's like some weird medical thing that comes out. I don't
2: know. But um, do you think real quick? I know we're going long. uh, So let's just let's just let's just uh, lean into it. Is that because the lack of um, other quarterback options out there and he's the safe pick? (laughs) Yes, it's not. It's okay. Yeah, it's that. But also his ascension in his fifth year,
1: you know, just the perfect culmination of like, you know, we, we all knew he was good ish before like he was on mm-hmm. he was on that line uh in baseball you have the mendoza line yeah i was it. just gonna say and, that nah. and in college football of good quarterbacks and not you have the kenny picket line there we go and And he rose way above and beyond that this year and has been absolutely perfect. And yes, the raw rushing totals aren't like a Malik Cunningham or or a Malik Willis or other Maliks that are also good rushers at the football, probably. Uh, (laughs) Probably. Yeah, I don't know. But he still was like over 10%. I think it's 15%-ish of Pitt's rushing yards because Pitt's rushing attack is so terrible. But uh, So that's why I actually look at rushing yard market share rather than just, you know, and if you look at, any amount of trends like that means a whole lot more for uh, draft capital as well. Uh, So he's going to have one peak incredible season that that meets all the thresholds that we like to see at Rotovis for passing, passing metrics and the rushing thresholds that you like to see. And that combination generally leads to at the very least, like 85% of the time, day two capital or better. And really, frankly, based on the hype and based on the lack of other great options in this class, he's a first round quarterback now.
2: I would have lost a lot of money if we would have put a wager on that at any point in our, (laughs)
1: in
2: our time together. Um, But he has been someone that we've talked about a lot because like you said, he's always been good, but um, this has been, um, this has definitely been a lot of fun. And I think your boy Jordan Addison has had a lot to do with that. Oh yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Absolutely insane. Like we were talking about some of the guys that we just love um, because we were kind of on them early. And one of the ones for you that you mentioned of course was, uh, Xavier Worthy, but you were on early on Jordan Addison as well, which um, man, he's just dominating. So um, that's right. Well, we've gone super long today, which I mean, I've had a lot of fun here. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the listeners <laughs> have had fun or at least, you know, if you've yeah. stuck around this long, hey, you know, it's um, like all podcasts this time
1: of year, like as several of the ones I listen to on college football, like there's just so much to talk about because yeah. we actually know things now, or at least we, we think we know things now.
2: <laughs> yeah. So Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's um no, it's been good, man, and uh, it's there's so much, there, there's still so much more, um, so much more football ahead of us. I know we're coming up at the end of like we're coming up on um like C to C leagues. You're in your playoffs already. Um, we're we're getting close, but there's still a lot to be played. It's super fun. I'm I'm really excited. Um, I do want to ask y'all if you could just take a second and rate and review the podcast. Uh, we would really appreciate that. Um, we are doing fantastic. Um, over with Debbie stuff, but. Um, like we would love just to continue to, uh, to grow our listenership. So please do do that. It, it helps a ton. Also um, you can follow us over on the road of his main feed, but it would mean a lot to us as well. If if you just go ahead and download at the college to Canton feed. Uh, that one does come out a little bit earlier. So uh, you can get a, get a head start on your, uh, on your week of listening. If you do that. So we really appreciate y'all so much for, for listening. Um, if you want more, um, you know college football in your ear holes. Uh, you can go ahead and listen to uh, Wispay and I's uh, college football betting podcast, which is over here at rotaviz as well. Um, but take a time, take a second here to rate and review the show. Um, thank you so much for listening, Travis. Do you have anything for our listeners before we take off? Nope, I used all my words. Yep, all the words all the are words, gone. All the things. <laughs> thank you all so much. We'll be back with you guys next week. Uh, we do appreciate you all so much. Have an awesome weekend watching football, and hopefully all your teams win unless you're a Utah fan, and then you can watch the Utes lose to the Ducks. Let's go. All right. Just, we had to sneak that in. (laughs) I had to. I had to. had to.